Church. Uh, this is kind of becoming our new normal, but uh, we are so glad that you have chosen to join us this morning. And uh, I, I want to tell you, maybe you're watching on rimrockchurch.com, uh, but if you happen to be watching on uh, our Facebook page, uh, Rimrock Church at Rapid City, um, on our Facebook page, just know that all through our service this morning, uh, we're going to have just some running dialogue there in our virtual lobby. So I want to encourage you to grab a virtual donut, maybe a real cup of coffee, and uh, greet each other there. Uh, uh, share what you're thinking. What is God stirring in you while uh, Ben's uh, sharing God's word this morning? We just want this to have some interaction. And so uh, you'll also see some questions I may put up. Uh, feel free to interact uh, in that kind of way. Also, today was the day that we had scheduled to um, celebrate the 40th anniversary of Rimrock Church, an amazing kind of uh, uh, history and uh, the faithfulness of people who started Rimrock. Um, and for obvious reasons, we're not going to be gathering together to do that celebration today. So we're postponing it. Um, it's kind of the cool thing about it being a 30th anniversary. I guess we have all year to celebrate it, right? We got a, we got a whole year. That's right. So we're going to push that uh, later, but we're looking forward to that. But we don't want to just pass over the day that we had scheduled for that. Um, and so I wanted to share one of the testimonies that came in. Um, about the impact of Rimrock Church. So let me share this with you. It says, congratulations on 40 years of ministry in a beautiful setting on Rapid Creek. It is so amazing how God has used people to start a church in a place where he knew there was a need and he would bless them for their faithfulness. This church proves it is not the building that you started in. It is the people and their commitment to God and His call in their lives that make it work. And what I what I love about that is the recognition that the church is really the people. That's right, of God, and we're really experiencing that right now. Yeah, we are, because we're not in right. the building, right. and yet we're still the church. We're still together. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. So that that's one testimony, but we've heard that same kind of um, uh, witness over and over and over again about the impact that Rimrock Church has had. And I, I'll just tell you, I'm. I'm excited and I'm blessed to be a part of it. You know, I've, I've only been around here about five years, but this is a special place. And the, the, the culture um, that God's um, cultivated here, um, the, the emphasis on grace and, and grace for our living, not just grace for our salvation, is, is amazing. So thank you for joining us this morning. We're going to continue to worship. So just uh, lift your voices up and, and really lift your hearts up as we worship God today. Amen. Amen. This is a perfect song for the 
season we're in.
morning. I, I really hope you can sing that song with yeah. true conviction and true understanding of who you are and who God is and what he's called you to be uh, today. So, uh, you know, part of me is a little sad because we are yeah. going to have an incredible meal and an incredible time celebrating, but we can't do that. But I agree with Boomer. If, uh, it's really hard to preach to an empty room, so if you could, <coughs> on Facebook, just give us an amen or a hallelujah or something yeah. to know that you're yeah. there. That's encouraging for us, but it's also encouraging for many of you who are gathered in different places to know that we are in this together, that right. as a community, God is working in our midst as we worship Him. Um, you know, I've been thinking a lot that number 40. Yeah. That's, that's an important number because I just turned 40 <laughs> this year, so I'm thinking about that. Our church just turned 40. Yeah. And uh, I started thinking about where, did, where does that number show up in the Bible? Yeah. So yeah. Wh wh where do you remember that number yeah. 40? So the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, Noah and that yeah. story that it rained 40 yeah. days and 40 nights. And, yeah. um, and they were, well, they, they were kind of quarantined too, weren't they? Yeah. I mean, they, they, were. they were isolated, <laughs> like big time. Big time. Um, <laughs> And, and then, you know, the, the God's people, the Israelites, wandered in the desert for 40, yeah. uh, for 40 years. And then, uh, and then Jesus was in mm -hmm. the wilderness mm -hmm. being tested um, for 40 yeah, days yeah. as well. Yeah. And, and I think as you go through those examples, the, the thing that strikes me is in every example, it's a time of testing. Yeah. It's a time of trial, a time of crisis, yep. trouble. And, uh, and I think that's really insightful for where we're at today. Yeah. We're, we're going through incredible crisis, incredible trouble. Yeah. And I'm, I'm convinced every single one of us is going through this, but we're going through it in a different way. Yeah. That's right. it, it's interesting, you know, just hearing the different responses and the different challenges as I've talked to people. And I'm, I know every, this is affecting every person, not only here in Rapid City, but around our nation, around the world, and it's affecting so many people. But I think, I think what the opportunity is, is to think about that number 40, yeah. and what did God do yeah. in those 40-year yeah. times of testing, of trouble, yeah. of trial. And it's some of God's greatest miracles. Yeah, right? well, and you see in the midst of the, those hardships, in the midst of those trials, really what God was doing was transforming yeah. lives. Yeah. He was, he was um, shaping hearts, yeah. right? So that, um, so that those people could more deeply trust Him, Amen. right? Amen, and that's exactly what we're gonna be talking about today. And uh, the staff knows that I've been, uh, I've been in Isaiah 40 yeah, for, for the last few weeks, and I've been going deep in this chapter, because uh, I think it has a message for us. And one of the things I wanna read to you this morning is, and answering this question is how are we going to respond? Where are we going to put our eyes? Where are we going to put our trust yes. in this time of trial, in time of testing? That's a, that's a critical question. Yeah. And it's one that Isaiah talks about in Isaiah chapter 40. He says in verse 28, Do you not know, have you not heard? Yeah. And so what are we listening to? And, yeah. and I, last week I shared about, hey, the word of God endures forever. Yeah. And that's, that's why we have to go to God's word because everything else is being shaken. Everything yeah. else is changing, shifting. Yep. What do we trust? How do, what do we hold on to? We can hold on to God's word. That's but he right. says, have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting mm -hmm. God? Mm -hmm. Isn't that beautiful? And last week, uh, Bill Ewing shared out of Ecclesiastes. And by the way, next Sunday, we're going to go right back to Ecclesiastes. We're going to continue. Yeah. We've just, we've, we're taking a pause this Sunday to really look at what is our hope in this time yeah. uh, uh, that God is putting us through. But but last week, Bill talked about the times, the seasons of life, and that we're in time, right? But God is not. Right. He's eternal. He's everlasting. He's over and above time, beyond time. And so we can look to Him. We can trust Him. Look at God. He is the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth. And here's the good news. He will not grow tired or weary. That's right. Boy, there's a lot of weary people 
in our world today. And I, I think of my own family, my own wife, having the school kids, and all our, everything's been upended, everything's ch changed, and so we're, there's a lot of weariness. But look at God will not grow weary. He will not grow tired. Um, last week, Bill talked about the greatness of God, yeah. that He is sovereign, that He's all-powerful. And we believe that, but Bill's made an incredible point. He said, but he's also good, That's right. and if we didn't have that part of God, then, right. then we'd be in trouble. But yeah. listen to what Isaiah says. He, God, gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. I love that God isn't just for the underdog, mm -hmm. but he takes up the underdog's cause, yeah. and he gives them strength, right? Yeah. He gives them what they need exactly. in order to, um, to win, yeah. right? Awesome. And that's the goodness of God. Yeah. And that's the God we worship. And that's the God we need to put our eyes on in this time, yeah. right? And so this is where our hope comes from. And I want to encourage you this morning to, to turn your eyes into the Lord, to hear who God is and what He wants to do. Uh, this past week, uh, as you know, Boomer, kids can ask the most penetrating questions, yep. <laughs> right? Kids, kids, there's no pretense there. They, they just go right to the heart of the matter. And my four-year-old son asked me, he said, Dad, can Jesus stop the coronavirus? Hmm. And uh, I had to think about that. <laughs> and and I, I think the obvious answer is we look at God being sovereign and yes. all-powerful yeah. as He could. But, yeah. but the question that, I, and I, I thought of that story of Jesus in the boat in the storm, right? We're right. going through a storm, and what did Jesus say? He said, stop, be still yeah. to the wind yeah. and waves. And so He has that kind of power. But, yeah. but the question that I started thinking about is, yeah. what is God doing yeah. in this time? What, what is God working, and how is He working, and what is He doing in our lives? And so, um, where I want to share out of you, with you this morning is out of Rome, the, Romans chapter 8. And uh, as I thought about that question of what is God doing right now? What is He doing today in our world? And so, uh, Romans chapter 8 is uh, considered one of the most, uh, most beautiful chapters in the entire Bible because it, it points us to the source of hope, mm. the message of hope in our world that's filled with trial and tribulation. And so what I want to do is go take this section by section. And we're going to start in verse 18 of Romans chapter 8. And this is what it says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed mm -hmm. in us. We could just stop right there, couldn't mm -hmm. we? I mean, that is a rich, rich verse. Uh, perspective changes everything. It really yeah. does. Um, but he goes on to say, for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Mm -hmm. And that's what we are just saying this morning, right? Yeah. That we are children of God, that Jesus has purchased us to be children of God. Mm -hmm. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from the bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and the glory of the children of God. And so, Boomer, I watched uh, you and Evan and uh, Chris last night in yeah. the Saturday night service, and, and you guys were talking about this issue of the curse, the reality that our world is under bondage, as it yeah. says here, to decay. Yeah. Would you just describe a little bit of what that curse yeah. is? Yeah. So, you know, it's right at the beginning. In Genesis chapter 3, here in 1 and 2, God's created this perfect place, and He's put these perfect people in it in order to enjoy them to have a relationship with them you know i love it and it says that god came down and walked with them in the cool of the of the evening right he he designed us for relationship but in in chapter three we see that um, adam and eve were 
presented with a choice, an opportunity, right? That up until that point, they had trusted God um, to define what was good and what was not good. He had said, everything in the garden is good for you, except this one tree. You know, I love it I, when I talk about this with kids and I say, there was one rule, right? Like kids live in a world with all kinds of rules, right? You can't have cookies right before dinner and you have to make your bed and you have to brush your teeth. All kinds of rules. They, in the garden, there was one rule. Don't eat from that one tree. And they were presented with this opportunity, this, this uh, temptation to redefine or to define for themselves what was good and what was not good. And so they took that choice. They decided we know better than God knows. And that really began the unraveling of what God had created. And so the curse, specifically the curses that came out of that for Eve and for all women then, an increased um, uh, uh, pain and childbearing, right? Life was going to be harder for them, for her and for Adam, that literally creation was going to work against him uh, when he was carving out a living, when he was providing for his family. And so we see uh, not just for those two, but then every descendant from them has those same struggles, right? And, and has the, we live under that same curse and really, it's, it's built into us to want to make that same choice to say, I am going to define what's good and what's not good. And as believers, when we submit ourselves to Christ, right, well, really what we're saying is, Jesus, I trust you to define what's good and what's not good for me. Yeah. Right? That's cool. Yeah. And so this is the, the, the core of the problem. It's yeah. a sin problem, but it's it's permeated all of creation. Everything right. is broken, is That's decaying, right. as, it, as it says here. And so, uh, as we're going through Ecclesiastes, what it's pointing is that reality, which yeah. we like to pretend doesn't exist. <laughs> we like to try to pretty up, cover it up. Yep. But, but I think what's happening in our world right now is exposing the reality of the curse, right? I, I remember as a, a kid, I, I grew up in, in South America, and, uh, and we need water to live, right? I, I drink water every day. I hope everyone drinks a lot of water, right? But as a kid growing up in South America, I would drink the water. But what I didn't know is inside that water, there's little tiny bugs and amoebas yeah. that made me very sick. Yeah. So I was sick all the time. And so um, drinking water. And so, um, but there was, there was a solution, but I had to swallow a giant pill <laughs> to kill those little bugs in me. And uh, I had a problem. I was deathly afraid of swallowing pills. <laughs> yeah. For me, that was like death itself. I, I, I could not do it. And so I put my parents through a terrible trial. <laughs> I said, you got to swallow it. I can't. <laughs> right. And so I had this deep fear of swallowing a pill. And so I tell you that story, but it, it's, a, it's a small microcosm of a present suffering, of yeah. the reality of creation broken. But the bigger problem there was my fear, yeah. which was an internal heart problem for me of, of, of fearing that uh, swallowing that pill. And so this is what we see in Romans in, in 8, in chapter, verse 22, it says, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Mm -hmm. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption and sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we have been saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? 
But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Yeah. This is good news. And this is why I wanted to share this chapter with you today is that there is hope. Yeah. God is working today. But it's not the way we expect. Uh, God isn't just saying stop to the coronavirus. Yeah. He's not saying stop to the violence and the, much of the ugliness that we see in our world. But he's working. He's doing something. He's helping us see that God is actively working and transforming. There's an amazing story in the Gospels where Jesus um, goes to a certain place called Samaria. And uh, he didn't have to go there. In fact, most Jews went around there. But he decided, I'm going to go right to the, this place where most people didn't go. And, it, and he encountered a woman. He went to a well, and it was hot in the middle of the day, and this woman comes down to get water, right? And so Jesus begins a conversation with her, which was not normal, right? Mm -hmm. So Jesus is pursuing her. He sees her. He sees her condition. She was social distancing before, <laughs> before that was even a term, right? That's right. Like she didn't have and not voluntarily. And not either, voluntarily, right? right? So she had some lifestyle things. She had five husbands. We don't know all the reasons. Maybe some of them died. Maybe some of them abandoned her. But, but she was socially ostracized. She was That's rejected. Right. And so there she is all by herself. But Jesus sees her and he starts a conversation with her. And he asks her for water. And then he says something really, really incredible. Because he offers her water. Mm. A different kind of water. A water she didn't realize she needed. Just like there's a water that we need just as much mm. as she did. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water, talking about the well water, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. Mm -hmm. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling to mm. eternal life. Mm. This is what God is doing. This is why Jesus came into the world. Because he knew the deepest problem of the curse wasn't just external with our thirst, our desires, the things we want, but it had to do with our hearts. It had to do with the very essence of our being. And that's why later, as, as she tells Jesus her circumstance and why she's socially distanced, why she's rejected, why um, she doesn't have uh, the connections that she wanted, she says, Jesus says to her, woman, Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come. That is the good news. Today is the day. And so I've titled this sermon, A Present Glory and a Future Glory. There is a present glory, and that's what I want us to see right here. Listen to what Jesus says. There's a time coming, is now coming, when true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Mm. Isn't that beautiful? Mm. Jesus sought out the woman. Yeah. I believe God is seeking you out today. He's seeking me out. He's working. He's looking into our hearts. And this is what he says. God is Spirit, and His worshipers must worship in the Spirit and in truth. So what is God doing in our world today? He's seeking worshipers. He knows, because He's good, what we most need. Right now, so much in our world is being stripped away. So much has fallen away. There's no sports. <laughs> there's no parties. There's no gatherings. There's all this stuff being taken away. Right. Even our economy is being deeply affected. Many of you are facing incredible 
trials, right? There's job loss. You're having to lay people off. You're uncertain in how your family members are doing. You're, you're, you're feeling lonely. You're feeling anxious. You're uncertain about the future. All of these things are having an effect on us. But God knows what we most need. And that is what he's working on right now. Because he loves us, he's pursuing our hearts, just as he pursued that Samaritan woman. Listen to what Romans 8 says. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Mm. You see, God is not far off. <laughs> we sang this morning the presence of the Lord. He is with us. Mm. God has not abandoned us to the curse. We know from reading the context of Romans 8 that what Paul is really pointing us to is the person and the work of mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. Because we cannot do this on our own. We cannot face this life on our own. The curse is too heavy. It's too big. It's too strong. It is destroying us. But Jesus came for a certain purpose. In Romans chapter 3, it says, We all have fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus came at just the right time where he provided, he satisfied the, the judgment and the wrath of that terrible curse on humanity, mm -hmm. and he broke it on the cross. That's why Jesus came and Paul says, I preach nothing but Christ crucified. Mm -hmm. The message of the cross, that Jesus came, that he died on a cross, he faced the curse head on. Yep. He didn't ignore it, he didn't pretend, he faced it head on, and he, and he conquered it. He died on the cross, the perfect Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Mm -hmm. And Jesus paid the price of the curse. The sin, the darkness, the selfishness, the greed, the sickness, everything that's terrible and broken about this world, Jesus took upon himself and he offers forgiveness. Mm -hmm. He offers grace. Mm -hmm. He offers a new life, a new way to live, and a new future. And that's mm -hmm. what this is talking about, that Jesus provided a way and not only did he die on the cross, but he rose again. Early in chapter 8, it says the Spirit of God lives in us, and it's the very same Spirit that raised Jesus from the mm -hmm. dead. <laughs> and so our message is not just one of the cross. It's one of resurrection. And so not only did Jesus die, but he rose again. He conquered death. And so death has lost its power. It's lost its sting. It no longer has a hold on us. We are free from the power of death because of what Jesus has done. And so what is Romans 8 telling us is that we can have hope. Hope not only for the present, but also for the future. Yeah. And if you think about what, what's so um, causing so much anxiety is we don't know what's going to happen in the future. Mm -hmm. But here we have a message of hope for the future. That God is working. He's going to accomplish what he started on the cross and in the resurrection. And he's going to complete it. But it's a present glory. And that glory is the spirit of Christ in us. And so whatever you're going through, weakness, anxiety, fear, whatever it is, it says the Spirit groans with us. Mm. He sees your heart. He sees your need, just as he did that woman at the well. He took time to understand, to look into her heart. There's no other person who can do that. I can't do that for anyone. Right. No one can do that for me. Only the Spirit of God is available. And only the Spirit of God can see your deepest groans and your deepest tears. He knows and He loves you. And so here we see that God is at work. And He's, a, and he's, and he's faithful to His promise. So 
Read with me in verse 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Now, that's a verse we put everywhere, right? We right. put it in our magnets and that's our right. fridges and our coffee mugs, right? Yep. So, but here's what I want you to, I want you to hold on to that verse, but look at the context. That's right. It's in the context of suffering. What, what do we start? I consider that our present sufferings. Yeah. So this is a message for in times of trial, times of suffering, times of hardship, times of loss. God wants us to know that he's working for our good. But, and it says all things, mm -hmm. right? Okay, all things. So even the things we don't think are good, God is working. But look at, look at what his purpose is. Verse 29, we can't separate verse 28 and verse 29. Mm -hmm. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed mm -hmm. to the image of his son. Mm -hmm. So what is God doing in our world? <laughs> My four-year-old son, why doesn't Jesus just stop it? He's doing a greater miracle than stopping the coronavirus. Yes. He's transforming and conforming the hearts of his people. Yeah, and you know, Ben, that that transformation is painful, it's painful. right? It's that uh, it, it, the process of being changed is uncomfortable, it right? Is. It hurts. It hurts. <laughs> it hurts. And we have that beautiful chapter in John 15 and the vine and yeah. the branches. And what does it say? That the Father prunes, yeah. right? But it's in the context of love. And, and here's, here's the key is God is love and yeah. he is pouring yeah. out his love and he's doing it in ways that we would never expect but it's for our good and that's what this is, is talking about is, is that in the midst of the suffering, in the midst of the trial, God has a purpose and its purpose is transformation because he loves us. <laughs> he cares about us, not just our, our temporal comforts but he cares about our eternal destiny as well. And so as God does this conforming, transforming work, he's pouring out his love through the Holy Spirit into our hearts. He's with us. He's working in us, and he's making us into new creations, new kinds of people. He says in verse 30, and those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. Justified means you are made clean, <laughs> your sins are forgiven, that that work on the cross was once and for all, that all your sins have been forgiven and that you are called righteous because of what Jesus has done. And those he justified, he also glorified. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so this is our hope today is that in the midst of the crisis, in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the loss and the pain, that God is working. And his work is one of transformation. He's addressing those deepest things in our hearts. Just like for me, swallowing that pill, mm. it had to do with fear. And that fear wasn't just swallowing pills, it was many other things in my life, but God knew that he wanted to work in that area of my life. Yeah. He wanted to address my fears because he loved me enough to transform that, to conform yeah. me and give me freedom from those things in my life. Yeah. And that's what God is doing in all of us and in different ways and different things in our hearts. But the Spirit of God is working. I want to invite you as we uh, get ready to sing uh, a response to the Lord. If you are listening to this and you do not know Christ, today is the day of salvation. Jesus came and he is sitting right there through his spirit. He knows your heart. He knows your deepest need. And he knows the, how the curse is affecting you. He knows your sin. He knows your brokenness. And he still loves you. And he invites you today, just like that Samaritan woman, to put your trust in him. Today is the day that you could do that. Just put your trust in Him. Believe in Him. It's kind of like me swallowing that pill. It wasn't easy, but 
It's trusting, it's receiving, it's believing and receiving it. That's why it's salvation by grace through faith, right? Yeah. This is God's gift. He provides it, but you must receive it. Yeah. And so receive the gift. And if you're watching today and you're a believer and you're wondering how you're going to get through this, I want to encourage you from Romans 8 that God has a purpose and His purpose mm -hmm. is one of transformation. Yeah. Allow the Spirit of God to be with you through this. Allow Him to transform and to conform you to Christ's image. And know that God is working this out for good mm -hmm. Praise God. Would you join me in singing a song? Let's sing. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of His Spirit. In his blood, this is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission.
that I might worship you Breakthrough Breakthrough all my pain Breakthrough all my guilt and my shame Breakthrough like only you can do You are brighter than my darkest night Stronger than my toughest fight Just one touch from you, my king, my friend And I'll never be the same again That's right So break through Break through all my doubts Break through Break through all my fears Break through that I might worship you Break through Break through all my pain Break through all my guilt and my shame Lord, break through like only you can do Cause you are brighter You are brighter than my darkest night Stronger than my toughest fight Just one touch from you, my king, my friend And I'll never be the same again And that's what I want, Lord So break through Oh, Lord, break through Thank you for joining us today. It's, uh, it's been great to worship with you. And uh, thank you for the message of hope, Ben. There's been a message that's been stirring in my heart the last several uh, days, really, as I begin to think about the opportunities and um, the, the situation that God's got us in. And it's this message that out of the being transformed that God um, goes another step further. Um, that he, he transforms us for a purpose. And uh, I want to share with you, first in, in First Peter chapter 2, um, he says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And for what purpose? For what end, right? Well, Paul gives us that clue in Ephesians chapter 4, and I love the way the King James Version words it. It says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. For what reason? Verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. Ben, we are the church. We're on staff, but you are the church. And God has 
decentralized the church in this season. He has spread us all across this city and he has, he has equipped you to be the church. And so this week, as we go from here, be having open eyes to see the people who need uh, a word of hope and the people that need um, uh, love and service in a physical kind of way. Be the church today. Um, it's a message that I'm taking with me. Awesome. Thank you for joining Thank us. Thank you, guys. God Have bless a good you. week.